48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines, Hong Kong's daily COVID tally edges towards 10,000. Millions of dollars worth of watches are stolen in a Causeway Bay robbery. And the Sports Commissioner says there are no plans for spectators going to the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens this November to get tested. Hong Kong's daily COVID tally is approaching the 10,000 mark, with health officials recording 9,495 new cases today, 228 of which were imported. Nine more people with COVID have died. Almost 2,600 patients have been treated in public hospitals, with 15 of them in intensive care. Chief Manager of the Hospital Authority, Lau Ka-Hin, says officials are prioritising the admission of those in serious condition to public hospitals and seeking to move more patients to private hospitals. At this moment, we have at least 380 beds that we can download or discharge our patients to these private hospitals. We will continue to liaise with the private hospitals to increase the number of beds when the COVID admission is increased. Our communication, our working relationship with the private hospitals are much better now. So the turnover, the number who are admitted to the public hospital is increasing in, in the past one or two weeks. Police say they're investigating a robbery case at a watch shop in Causeway Bay this afternoon in which watches worth $10 million were stolen. Officers are looking for four suspects, as John Wong reports. The force said the robbers had made off with 80 to 100 watches. Investigators said four men wielding a gun-like object, a knife and a hammer entered the shop at 441 Lockhart Road at around 1 p.m. They said they'd forced shop staff to hand over the keys to the display cabinets, adding that the entire robbery lasted for around three minutes. The men then fled in a car parked on Jeffy Road. No one was injured in the case. Chief Executive says he'll hold a virtual meeting with officials from Guangdong province and the cities of Guangzhou and Shenzhen tomorrow to discuss topics relating to deeper collaboration, including cross-border exchanges for people. John Lee said Hong Kong must strive to stay connected with the mainland and the rest of the world, but at the same time make sure people considered high risk are protected against COVID. But he stopped short of saying whether or not there'll be any decisions on quarantine-free travel between Hong Kong and the mainland. This virtual meeting will also talk about our connection with the mainland. Of course, during our discussion, we will weigh out different options. To avoid confusion, I think it's not appropriate to disclose details at this stage, but we will actively consider any options. Sports Commissioner Yung Tak Kung says there are currently no plans to require spectators going to the Hong Kong Sevens this November to get tested before entering the stadium. But he pointed out that players will have to be tested daily. The commissioner says officials have devised a closed-loop arrangement for those taking part in the event. First of all, all the overseas players and officials, they will stay in a quarantine hotel. They will under a bubble arrangement. So uh, according to, to the current requirements, they will stay in, the, uh, in a quarantine hotel for three days. And during those three days, while well, subject to a negative uh, test result, they can conduct training in the designated venues with special transport arrangements. Chief Executive John Lee has appointed Justice David Locke as the chairman of the Electoral Affairs Commission for a three-year term starting tomorrow. He will replace Justice Barnabas Fung, who had been in the position since 2009. Kelly Yu has details. The government says it's very pleased that Mr Locke, who served as a judicial officer for 27 years, had accepted the appointment. 
It said he had worked in different courts and tribunals and had also served on various boards and committees, including the District Court's Rules Committee, the Municipal Services Appeals Board and the Hospital Authority's Public Complaints Committee. The government added it's confident that the commission will be able to discharge its duties under Mr Locke's leadership. Now the weather mainly cloudy with some haze, a few showers and thunderstorms. Showers will be heavier in some areas during the day tomorrow. Minimum temperature will be about 27 degrees, hot with sunny intervals tomorrow. Maximum temperature will be about 32 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees high in the new territories. Light to moderate northerly winds, the outlook mainly fine, dry and very hot during the day. In the following couple of days, there will still be showers at first on Friday. Temperatures currently 29 degrees and the humidity is 80%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Guangzhou has become the latest mainland city to step up anti-COVID measures with officials there warning that the risk of infection is high. He joins Shenzhen and other major metropolises including Chengdu and Tianjin in battling small local flare-ups of the virus. Reports. After Guangzhou reported five locally transmitted infections, the city's authorities ordered parts of one district to close indoor entertainment venues and dining and restaurants until Saturday. But the health authorities warned that the infected people had been to multiple venues. Zhang Yi is deputy director of the city's health commission. This outbreak was caused by the Omicron variant BA.2.76. We are conducting epidemiological investigations day and night. Judging from the current epidemiological trajectory, the patients had been to many venues, including crowded places such as swimming pools and markets, and there is a high risk of community transmission. Guangzhou has also ordered all kindergartens and primary, middle and high schools in the affected district to delay the start of their fall semesters and halt any face-to-face teaching activity that's already started. Bus and subway services in the district have also been reduced, forcing commuters to cycle to the locations. Footage on social media showed drops of people clogging up bike lanes. In Shenzhen, at least four districts containing around 9 million residents have already shut down entertainment and cultural businesses and halted or reduced restaurant dining. But mindful of balancing economic needs with efforts to contain each outbreak, authorities there and elsewhere have said the coronavirus curves will last just for a few days. The National Health Commission confirmed a further 1,675 domestically transmitted COVID infections, down from the 1,717 cases it announced on Monday. Most were found in Tibet and Sichuan. Contraction of factory activity on the mainland eased slightly this month. The National Bureau of Statistics says the Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, climbed to 49.4 in August from 49 last month. But it's still below 50, the divide between contraction and growth. Officials say the world's second largest economy faces unfavorable factors such as COVID and high temperatures. U.S. regulators are reported to have selected e-commerce majors Alibaba and JD.com, among other U.S.-listed Chinese companies, for audit inspections starting next month. This follows Friday's landmark audit deal between Beijing and Washington that allows U.S. regulators to vet accounting firms on the mainland and in Hong Kong, potentially ending a long-running dispute that threatened to boot more than 200 Chinese companies from U.S. stock exchanges. This Wong reports. 
Reuters cites people with knowledge of the matter as saying the tech duo, along with Yum China Holdings, owner of KFC, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut restaurants on the mainland, have been notified that they are among the first batch of Chinese companies whose orders will be inspected in Hong Kong by the U.S. audit watchdog, the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board. The respective accounting firms of Alibaba, JD.com and Yum China, PwC, Deloitte and KPMG, have also been notified of the inspection, they said. The China Securities Regulatory Commission and most of the firms named did not respond to requests for comment. But PwC and Deloitte said it was company policy not to comment on client matters. The U.S. audit watchdog also said it did not comment on inspections. It said on Friday that it had notified the selected companies without naming them and that it expects its officials to land in Hong Kong for the inspections in the middle of next month. For more than a decade, the Accounting Oversight Board has demanded access to audit papers of U.S.-listed Chinese companies, but Beijing has been reluctant to let U.S. regulators inspect accounting firms in China, citing national security concerns. Retail sales have rebounded thanks to a lower base of comparison and better labor market conditions. The value of total shop sales in July rose 4.1% from a year ago, reversing from a year-on-year decline of 1.3% recorded in June. Sales of jewellery and other valuable gifts jumped 28%, but commodities in department stores fell nearly 10%. Government spokesman says retailers will continue to be affected by the local epidemic situation, but that the second round of consumption vouchers should provide some support to the sector. Russia has choked off more of its gas supplies to Europe, blaming Western sanctions for the shutdown of a major pipeline. Moscow says it needs to carry out repairs on Nord Stream 1 until Saturday. But European countries are sceptical, accusing Russia of trying to push up prices. There's a BBC's Damien McGuinness in Berlin. The German government does not believe uh, any of that, because we've seen this already, that Russia has reduced substantially gas flowing through this pipeline. And according to Germany, German politicians here say, well, that's simply to put pressure on Europe to increase the gas price still further. Uh, So it doesn't come as a surprise, which is why there's no real sense of panic here, particularly because uh, the German government says that gas reserves have been filled much quicker than expected. A team from the UN's nuclear watchdog has arrived in the southern Ukrainian city of Zaporizhia on the way to inspect operations at the Russian-occupied nuclear power plant nearby. The area around around the Shaparizhia plant has been shelled repeatedly in recent weeks, raising fears of a nuclear catastrophe. The UN agency wants to establish a permanent monitoring mission there. Vladimir Putin has paid tribute to the Soviet Union's last leader, Mikhail Gorbachev, saying he had a huge impact on world history. Mr Gorbachev, who helped bring a peaceful end to the Cold War, died yesterday. Mr Putin has spent much of his time as Russia's president trying to reverse parts of his legacy. Spokesman for the Kremlin accused Mr Gorbachev of being too romantic about relations with the West. The South African actress and model Charlby Dean has died at the age of 32. She played a leading role in Triangle of Sadness, which won the top prize at this year's Cannes Film Festival. Dean also appeared in the TV series Black Lightning, based on DC comic characters. Her representative said she died in hospital from a sudden unexpected illness. 
The former Paralympic athlete Oscar Pistorius, who was jailed in South Africa for killing his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp, nine years ago, is in dispute with authorities over when he's entitled to a parole hearing. He's taken his case to court, the BBC's Libo Di Secco reports. In 2015, the Supreme Court of Appeal sentenced him to 13 years and five months for the murder of Miss Steenkamp, overturning a previous more lenient punishment for culpable homicide. Last year, that same court ruled that his current term should be backdated to October 2014, when he was initially sentenced for the lesser charge. Mr Pistorius argues that this means he became eligible for parole in February 2021 and is taking authorities to court to force them to hold his parole hearing. But the prison where he's being held, argues Mr Pistorius, is only eligible for parole next March. Amnesty International says Afghan refugees trying to cross into Iran or Turkey have been regularly shot at by border troops since the Taliban took power last year. In a new report, the Human Rights Organization claims Iranian security forces have killed dozens of Afghans. 35 Afghan refugees interviewed by Amnesty, more than half reported being fired on by Turkish soldiers. The, a champion swimmer from Singapore has been ordered to resume his military service after admitting to taking cannabis while abroad. Joseph Schooling, Singapore's first Olympic gold medal winner, has apologised, saying he made a mistake while going through a difficult time. His father died last year, but the Defence Ministry now says he can no longer defer his national service. The world's largest offshore wind farm off the east coast of England has become fully operational. The Hornsey 2 project can generate enough electricity to power more than a million homes. Dozens of huge turbines 200 metres high will generate electricity in the North Sea. Hong Kong's cricketers are playing for the, playing their first ever match against India. The two sides are meeting in the Asia Cup, taking place in the UAE, where the favourites India are looking for a win that puts them through to the next stage. India have already beaten Pakistan in their opening match, while tonight's T20 contest in Dubai will be Hong Kong's first. Hong Kong opted to feel first, and a short while ago, India were 125 for two after 15.3 overs. The SAR will play Pakistan on Friday. Just to repeat that score, India were 125 for two. Defending women's singles champion Evident Raducanu has crashed out of the US Open in the first round. She lost in straight sets to Alice Cornet of France, 6-3, 6-3. Raducanu is just the third reigning champ at Flushing Mendoz to be, be beaten in the opening round. And now a reminder of our top stories tonight. Hong Kong's daily COVID tally edges towards 10,000. Millions of dollars worth of watches are stolen in a Causeway Bay robbery and the Sports Commissioner says there are no plans for spectators going to the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens this November to get tested. And that's the news from RTHK. Champagne and caviar Making love all along 
Major hits in the 80s, uh, quite similar themes. That was the big one, Casablanca. And the other one that he had a hit with was called Key Largo. So, uh, as I said, very similar themes. Very good evening to you, our second hour, and uh, welcome to our magical mystery tour. A couple of requests still to go. Robbo's been in touch. He said, Any chance, Pete, of Carly Simon? Be very nice. 
indeed. You're in time.